Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. Welcome in, everybody, on this Friday. It's about time we get to Friday. It's been a long week, honestly. It's been a really long week around here, and hope you guys uh, have felt differently. But it is glad, or I am glad, I should say, to be with you on this Friday. The day after football officially begins for the third time, and the Hall of Fame game took place last night. And now that it's over and football's here and all that, I can say... Boy, that was terrible. (laughs) That was terrible last night. It was painful to watch that game, but it was football. So I'm not complaining. I am not complaining. Don't make it sound like I'm complaining. I'm not. I'm happy to have it. But holy crap, that was awful. (laughs) Oh, man. My name is Michael Borky. Again, glad to be with you on this Friday. Uh, Before we get started, a bunch of places you can find this or watch this or listen to this uh wherever you are using whatever you're using you can find this so on youtube most importantly find the youtube channel subscribe on youtube just search my name right there and subscribe to the youtube channel uh twitter and facebook as well also wherever you get your podcasts you can find this in every podcast app mike in the morning uh will turn up results i think my name does as well so all over the place you can't miss one Just subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow on Twitter and Facebook, as well as in the podcasts app, whichever one you use, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, all kinds of stuff. You can find this anywhere. So, yeah, welcome in. It was awful last night, JP. It really was. JP said, good Friday morning. How are we this morning? Hall of Fame game gets you going last night. It did for a second. (laughs) It's incredible. It really is. When it comes to football in particular, if the backup is playing at just one position, just one position, it dramatically changes the way the sport looks. Isn't that crazy? I mean, everything else, like Rico Dowdle was a really good pickup for Dallas. Like, he's a good back and looked good last night. So, although he wasn't Zeke Elliott, you still got high-level running back play. Like, the offensive line looked good. Everything, you had good plays from defensive backs late in the game. Like, you were seeing backups, third stringers, fourth stringers, guys that will not be on a roster here in a few weeks, and they all looked the part. They all looked good. But once you get to the backups and beyond in quarterback play, the quality of the game just just completely falls off a cliff. It's incredible, really. And Dwayne Haskins played last night. He stunk, but he played last night. That's the, the thing that stood out to me the most, was simply... Once you get to the backups and third stringers at quarterback play, the quality of the game just completely falls apart. And that's what happened last night. I mean, you know, we didn't see Dak. We didn't see Big Ben, although we got an interview from Dak, and he looked to be in good spirits. Roethlisberger was there. He didn't do anything for me, but he was there. Uh, Zeke Elliott didn't play. 
A lot of guys didn't play. I was happy to see it, but my gosh, that game was terrible. <laughs> that was just terrible. So, anyway. Dark Steel says, what's up, Forky? This is my first live stream. Been listening to the show on Spotify. Welcome, man. Uh, that's uh, that's awesome. I'm glad that I was able to convert you over. I appreciate you uh, listening and watching. I'm really excited about what we're going to be doing this football season, though. Uh, the the numbers and all that on this is just going to shoot right up uh, when I start doing stuff centered around actual games. It's going to be great. I cannot wait. Uh, good morning, Charlie. Glad to see you on this Friday. Aaron says, howdy from College Station. Good to see you, Aaron. Um, I hope you're enjoying yourself over there. Hope the weather is uh, is nice. I did see, speaking of weather, it's going to be just our luck, right? Because we can't have nice things. Football season is four weeks away, right? Four weeks away. There are two right now. So right now we're dealing with the Delta variant. Hopefully, I'm not going to talk COVID today with you aside from this statement. Hopefully, our Delta variant surge mirrors that of the UK and India and other places where there was a significant spike like what we're dealing with. And then shortly thereafter, it fell off a cliff again. Hopefully, that happens here. That's all I'll say moving on from COVID. Uh, There are two tropical systems developing right now down southeast of the Caribbean that are possibly going to be pushing up our way. You know how this, this is how it's going to work. Forgive my pessimism on this Friday morning. You know that those tropical systems are going to develop and they're going to come right up through the Caribbean and into the Gulf and ruin our football here in four weeks. Watch. That's how it's going to happen. We cannot have nice things. Everything's been a disaster since March of 2020. Literally on my birthday of 2020 is when the sports world completely shut down and everything else with it. And now, hopefully we're going to get past this a little bit, have a normal football season with fans in the stands and all that, and then these hurricanes are going to come through and ruin everything for us. That's what's going to happen. No more pessimism after that. JP said that. Vomiting at Jerry Jones asking Jimmy Johnson to join the Cowgirls Ring of Honor. Shout out to Coach Johnson for applying while I'm alive. Yeah, that was really funny. It sounds like they were like forcing Jerry Jones to like do that. Like he wasn't prepared to do that, but they kind of talked him into it. That was bizarre. Also, Joe Buck's hair um, was bizarre. I mean, look, man, if you're going gray, it's cool. Use a little just for men, get it a little bit darker, you know, whatever the case may be. What was that golden yellow stuff that he had going on up there? Joe Buck makes too much money to have hair that looks like that going on television. (laughs) Come on, man. Like, I've got a master's flag right up here. That was the shade of Joe Buck's hair was the master's yellow last night. I mean, come on, man. What, What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, 145 and counting. The numbers are going up. And and I haven't promoted YouTube on my Twitter at all. Uh, I'll start doing that as we get closer. Maybe get those those subscriber numbers up. Uh, Randy watched the CFL. It was probably a better product. (laughs) It was probably a better product than what we got last night. I was listening to part of my take this morning, and they actually recorded their episode before the Hall of Fame game. And it's funny. They were talking and analyzing the Hall of Fame game before it actually happened, which is pretty funny. Uh, but but they're right. They were like, it, it'll just be good to see a, a ball get kicked and thrown and stuff by two teams that you recognize. 
I'm not being greedy. I'm not being greedy. It was good to have football, but Randy, I, I think that was probably the better choice. I think you got to see Jeremiah Masoli play last night. He's uh, he's still around. He's still around. JB says, don't you do it, Borky. Don't speak Cyclones into existence. Ah, you did it. Yeah, I, Al Roker did it. Blame him. He seems like a nice guy, but if those hurricanes hit us during football season, I will go on set and punch him in the face. I won't do that. He seems like a really pleasant man, but come on, Al. Like, are you kidding me? Ugh. Aaron says heat index is climbing into the 100, 110 range. Oh, my gosh. In the next few days, but that's nothing new for Texas in August. Yeah, we got that little taste of fall this week. Got that little taste. And then Mother Nature is going to remind us that, uh, hey, guys, it's summer. August is still summer. That's why we're not calling it fall camp. I saw somebody refer to it as August camp. That's acceptable. That's good. It is not the fall. Anyway, so today we're talking uh, the best games in the SEC. Not just going through the schedule each week. I'm talking about the games that have real implications or major storylines attached to them this season in a week-by-week basis. Now, some of them are going to be a little ridiculous, like rivalry week, of course, right? Because it's all the rivalry games. The week before that, week 12, is an embarrassment. Week 12 is an embarrassment. Here's the slate. I'll actually go through this entire week, and then I I won't do this again for any other weeks. This is an embarrassment, and this is why I I am glad that the SEC added just two more teams, hopefully eliminating one non-conference game, just one, because like you guys know, I'm a big fan of Furman. I love Furman. Uh, I I grew up on that stuff, and I want them to still exist, and these non-conference games that they get to play with Division I schools keep their program alive. So I want those games to still exist, but maybe we take one off of the schedule uh, because weeks like this are just completely unacceptable. Week 12, end of November, week 12, Florida at Missouri, Georgia hosting Charleston Southern, the Buccaneers. By the way, Charleston Southern is in North Charleston. There's your fun fact of the day. Charleston Southern University is in North Charleston, South Carolina. How's that? Uh, Kentucky hosting New Mexico State. You get South Carolina and Auburn, but the Gamecocks are going to stink out loud this year. Uh, Tennessee in South Alabama. Vanderbilt at Ole Miss, which might as well be one of these non-conference games. Alabama and Arkansas. LSU hosting Louisiana Monroe. Mississippi State hosting Tennessee State, and Texas A&M hosting Prairie View A&M. That is week 12 on the SEC schedule. That is an embarrassment, and that should never be allowed to happen. What they should do is say you have to play all your non-conference games by October, What? what's the, the date this year? October 16th. By October 16th, all of your non-conference games must be done. Because that's an embarrassment. The second to last week of the season in the NFL, playoff implicated games, right? Games that matter. The second to last week of the SEC season, we're paying Charleston Southern 750000 to come get beat up on. It's a joke. It's a joke. Anyway, all right, so the most important games, the best games on the schedule this year, and week one is the obvious, right? There's three that are extremely important, and one I'm going to leave off, and I'll explain why. 
Obviously, it's Georgia-Clemson. That is the highlight of week one of the college football season is Georgia and Clemson. That is two uh, top four, top five teams. And honestly, this is going to sound crazy, but there's a chance that that's a playoff implication, a playoff elimination game. Here's why I say that. The winner of that game, with the exception of the SEC championship for Georgia, and yes, Georgia's schedule is more difficult than Clemson's, but I do believe that the winner of that game will be favored in every game on their schedule for the rest of the season. I, I believe that. Georgia may not be when they get to Atlanta, but every game on Georgia's schedule after Clemson, they will be a favorite in. Every single one. Same thing for Clemson. Clemson will be a favorite in every game on the schedule after Georgia. And so, because this is how college football works out, if you lose that game, there's still a chance that Oklahoma runs the table. They didn't last year. They may not, but you know how this goes. Ohio State, the winner of that game, and then, oh, there's Alabama out in the SEC West. There's a chance that the loser of this game gets left out of the college football playoff in week one because there's only four teams. There's a real chance that that happens. It may not. Ohio State could lose a game. Oklahoma could lose a game. I think Oregon is a sleeper in the Pac-12, and that Oregon and Ohio State play each other. Uh, I think that that Oregon is, is a, a team that nobody's talking about. North Carolina has a chance to be undefeated going into the ACC championship game. They get to avoid Clemson until then. So there's a chance that this game right here, aside from the high-profile nature of it, there's a chance that the, the loser of this game gets left out of the playoff because that's how college football has worked lately because you have four other teams out there that are likely going to be undefeated or potentially just with one loss. There's a chance that happens, and that's happening in uh, in week one. DJ is going to tear Georgia up. I think Clemson's going to win this game um, and possibly handedly. There's your hot take of the day right there. Alabama-Miami is obviously a, a game that people are going to pay attention to in week one. It's a measuring stick game mostly for Miami, and we're going to see how quickly Alabama adapts uh, with new offensive coordinator, new basically everything, new quarterback who hasn't played significant snaps at all in the SEC. I call that a measuring stick game. It's more of I don't particularly think it's going to be close. Now it's big brands in college football. De'Eric King is back in Miami. They're trending in the right direction. But it's a we're going to learn a lot about these two teams kind of game. I don't expect it to be, like I said, I don't expect it to be close. But I do think we're going to learn a lot about Bryce Young. We're going to learn a lot about Bill O'Brien and his offense and how that's going to look. And if Miami's ready to compete in the ACC. They were better last year. And true, uh, Dark Steel, you're right. Either way, uh, even the loser of that game will still be favored in every game for the rest of the year. Uh, either way. Uh, but Alabama and Miami, it, Miami was good last year, but they weren't ready to compete. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. It was a solid team. They They beat teams they were supposed to and largely weren't competitive against the best teams on their schedule. So we'll find out if they're ready to take that next step in the ACC, and we'll find out how quickly Alabama has adjusted to everything being new again. And then the last one, the third one, is not Ole Miss-Louisville. I think it's LSU-UCLA. That is the third best game that weekend. And that one, not so much about quality of game, but that's a hot seat game for both coaches involved. Chip Kelly 
was better last year, but still, like if it doesn't turn around quickly, that job is going to be open at the end of the season. And then LSU, we've talked about LSU at length, and there's a lot of these LSU hot seat games on this schedule because, of course, you have the scandal. Scandal is an easy excuse to fire somebody who's not winning enough games. And yes, this would be just two years removed from a national championship, but everybody with a set of eyes can see that something was wrong in that program last year. Something was really, really wrong. There was a disconnect between coach and team, and that stems from how things were handled internally last summer. At least some people think that. So this is a a hot seat game right off the bat for both coaches involved. So the storyline here is really good. I don't think the game's going to be all that good, but the storyline here is fascinating with LSU at UCLA. I don't exactly expect Ole Miss and Louisville to be a close game. I know it's an eight-point line, but um, that one's just not going to have the national brand power like the other three have, and I don't think that the storylines, aside from, you know, Lane Kiffin and Matt Corral, possible Heisman contender, Louisville just doesn't bring much to the table as far as excitement goes. Their coach tried to leave for like five different jobs last season. Uh, It isn't exactly going to be a great team, or at least it shouldn't be. We'll see, but I don't know if that one just has the brand power for like the best games in the SEC. You know, it doesn't really fit that mold. And I don't think that it will be that great of a game. I expect Ole Miss to kind of come in there and take care of business. So we'll see. Week two, you've got storylines in week two with Arkansas and Texas. How about that? I mean, that game was going to be fascinating before uh, the whole conference realignment merger thing that we got to see a couple weeks ago. Now it's an SEC game. How about that? Texas's first game as a member of the SEC is going to be in Fayetteville. The atmosphere is going to be incredible. And Aside from the storylines, you know, the new SEC team, the the old conference rivalry that they used to have, that kind of stuff. Sark back as a head coach. Great storylines there. Um, we'll see how quickly Texas has acclimated under a new system. And same thing in terms of uh, Miami applies to Arkansas. People thought that Arkansas looked really good last year. I don't think the roster is ready to compete, but people think it is. So are you? Are you ready to compete right now against a team that you are about to share a conference with? So that's a big day for Sam Pittman. It's a big day for for Arkansas. Storylines just everywhere, everywhere for that game in week two. And then uh, Mississippi State, NC State. When people, I've said this a thousand times and I'll say it again because it bears repeating. People are highlighting non-conference games around the SEC. Miami, Alabama, Georgia Clemson, Auburn, Penn State. Nobody's really talking about Mississippi State and NC State. Nobody's really talking about that game, and they should be, honestly. They should be talking about that game. NC State brings basically every everybody back. I mean, it's like 19 starters or something like that on a really solid football team last year. But talented quarterback, really good running game. This NC State team might make a little bit of noise in the ACC. Dave Doran ha- has been good and solid at NC State. He's always had good teams, solid teams. Just hasn't taken them to the next level, and that's okay there. They're not Clemson by any stretch, and 
They're probably not even North Carolina. But this is a good, solid, really solid NC State team coming to Starkville in what hopefully, what should be, what will be, a really good atmosphere in a measuring stick game in week two with two programs uh, that have, especially Mississippi State fans, have really high expectations or really demands from year two under Mike Leach. And we'll find out in week two if that has come to fruition or not. Because this is a good NC State team coming to Starkville. Definitely a beatable one for Mississippi State for sure, but it's a good, solid, stable NC State team coming to Starkville. It's a game that nobody outside of this state is talking about. And hell, not that many people inside of this state are talking about that game as much as I think they should be. Should be a hell of a day. Should be a great atmosphere. But man, nobody's talking about that game and they should be. That's probably, if the the pollsters are doing it right, that should be a ranked NC State team coming to Starkville in week two. You tell me that's not attractive. It is. I'm excited for that game. Uh, I would love to go. I I hope I'm able to. It's a conference bye week going back to that uh, that last week of the year. Uh, Yeah, it it sucks, though. I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. I, I respect the need for the non-conference games. I want them to be preserved, but not at, at that point. Tark Steele says, Dan Mullen loves playing Charleston Southern. I see. <laughs> hey, it's better than South Alabama for, for Dan there. Um, Aaron, we'll get to that game in a second with uh, Texas A&M and, uh, and Alabama. That's uh, definitely one of the best games in the SEC this year. JP says, I do see your point, Borg. These are clearly September-sounding matchups. I'll never forget Bama and Citadel being tied at 21 going into the half in 2018. It was that uh, game before the Iron Bowl. Yeah, I remember Nick Saban's halftime interview. He was smiling. I thought he was going to just be so mad. He was smiling because he knew two things, that the Citadel was purposefully keeping that game. Like Alabama had like three possessions in the entire half. The Citadel just, they took the play clock down to one before every snap, and they ran that funky little triple option that's hard to prepare for. And also, he could use that as motivation on his football team. Like, he was smiling. Go back and watch his halftime interview with the Citadel game. Nick Saban is smiling because he knew he could rip into his football team. You're losing to the damn Citadel, you know, that kind of thing. And also, he like respected what the Citadel was doing, which was just making the game go by as fast as possible. I loved it. That was uh, that was so much fun. I've got a Citadel hat up here, actually, uh, in my little display. A Citadel baseball hat. You say Louisville has a lot to be desired. The Louisiana media is all over that UCLA game being a measuring stick. It's not measuring stick. It's the hot seat. They're, they're underselling that. It's... If Ed Orgeron loses that game at UCLA, his seat becomes hot. Yep. He said Louisville Louisville has a a lot to be desired. Yeah. Arkansas-Texas is an old Southwest Conference matchup. That one sounds great to my ears. Yes, sir. Uh, Yeah, Mississippi quarterback for uh, for Arkansas, assuming that uh, that he wins the job. Uh, Interesting there when when he plays the two Mississippi schools, K.J. Jefferson, uh, because it didn't sound like either one really pursued him. So we'll see if he does that. Aaron, I agree with you. Louisville's just kind of irrelevant right now. You know, they're not really moving any needle. I mean, again, Scott Scatter, Scott Satterfield tried to bolt, tried to
try to get the hell out, you know. Um, they don't return a whole lot, all that stuff. Sam says, you touched on Corral being a possible Heisman candidate. With Ole Miss leading the league in rushing last season and Elijah Moore's departure, does a potentially more balanced offense handicap Corral's Heisman odds, assuming Ole Miss does not make a New York Six game? It's possible. It was the best passing team in the league last year as well, though. Um, I still can't believe Gene Chizik didn't include them in, in anyway. I saw Lane Kiffin went on Twitter and did something about that. I do. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you did see them rely more on the running game than you did a year ago. Their attempts were pretty high, though. Again, they just they had the football a lot. Uh, I would not be surprised at all if um, you see a lot of two-back sets. I mean, you, you just, you've got four really solid, good, capable running backs. Um, and you are lacking a little bit at wide receiver. I, I wonder if they'll incorporate two back sets and how they'll use Jerry and Ely in the passing game and maybe implement some more screens and stuff like that. Um, it, it's just there's no way to project it, right? Because what you saw on a week-to-week basis for Ole Miss was different based on the opponent. So how are they going to cater this offense to their personnel? That's what he and Jeff Levy are so good at. It's not making their personnel fit their offense. It's forming their offense around their personnel. So it, it might look different this year because their strengths are in the backfield as opposed to at wide receiver. So, yeah, it could. It certainly could. But um, they were so balanced a year ago, even with Elijah Moore. They, they were already so balanced. It's uh, It was remarkable what they did. Week three, Florida and Alabama. We'll find out if Florida is ready to compete. Uh, at a national level that week. That's a huge game for Dan Mullen, huge game for Florida, and we'll find out about the quarterbacks. I don't think Miami's going to be able to test Bryce Young in the same way that Florida will. And then Florida will not be tested at all before that game. So you've got young quarterbacks. Uh, That game is in Gainesville, if I remember correctly. Yes, it's in Gainesville. And so that'll be a big test. That's a find-out game about Florida and Alabama just in general, but mostly a find-out game about their quarterbacks. Really looking forward to that one. And then the uh, the sexy, if you will, non-conference game, that's the week that Auburn goes to Penn State. That's the week that Auburn goes to Penn State. It's a big year for James Franklin. His team was awful last year. And uh, we'll see how quickly – Brian Harson has turned it around, if at all. It'll be a big test for Bo Nix. Uh, Auburn, before that game, has Akron and Alabama State. So we will know nothing about Auburn going into that game. Hopefully, there's no restrictions and we can get Happy Valley the way it's meant to be gotten. 107,000 people all wearing white. I've been to a game at Penn State. The atmosphere around the stadium is awful. It's awful. Uh, tailgating scene is gross. Uh, honestly, I, I feel like I'm sorry. I'm being mean, but uh, college state college is not nice. It, it, there's there's no redeeming quality to state college at all. Uh, I don't I don't ever have to go back. I have no desire to go back. Tailgating stunk. Town was not good. Campus, all that, just kind of, eh, and just I could go without ever going back. Inside of the stadium, incredible. I I mean, just every single, every single fan, all 107,000 of them, on their feet the entire game, 
engaged vocally the entire game. There was no down in front people in that place. It was incredible. Boy, it was intimidating. And I was just sitting there, right? I'm not on the field. That was an intimidating place. Everything else about it sucked. Inside of the stadium, the atmosphere, game day, incredible at Penn State. Just incredible. Um, JP says, expect it to look different. Coach Giffen is great at building an offense around the talent on the roster. All the great coaches are. The old ways of conforming to a system or get out are hopefully behind us. Dark Steel asking if I saw the SEC Now segment last night. No, I didn't. Uh, I was watching the Hall of Fame game, and I'd be lying if I said in the second half I didn't start playing a little war zone. But anyway, they used the final segment, apparently, of the show to bust Chiswick for his rushing list. Good! Good, because he deserved it. He deserved it. And Aaron, I agree with you. I, I do think that Penn State should beat Auburn in Happy Valley. I, I do think so. But still, it's a, definitely a compelling and, and interesting game. Week four, I think there's one that is truly fascinating that stands out to me, and that's LSU at Mississippi State. Regardless of what happens in Los Angeles in week one, if Ed Orgeron loses to Mississippi State again, this time in Starkville, oh boy, oh boy, they will very quickly forget about that national championship. That's kind of like a free shot for Mississippi State, too, honestly. Um, oh, boy. If he loses – see, that's why I'm so fascinated in that game. If he loses to Mississippi State – if he loses to Mississippi State again, oh, it's going to get ugly there quickly because they've got more difficult games on their schedule than that. Oh, buddy. Um it's going to be crazy. So week five, uh, there, there's two that stood out to me the most in week five. It's Ole Miss at Alabama. You've got the storylines. I mean, that's really what it is. It's just a storyline-filled game. Former Saban assistant, never beaten Saban. Is Kiffin going to be the guy? Kiffin's offense scored a bunch of points on Alabama last year. That game was really, really close. That was the best offensive performance against Alabama all season, really. College game day, if Ole Miss gets by Louisville, uh, I think absolutely will be there. If you look at the other games on this schedule around the country, nothing does it. And then in SEC land, I mean, you've got Arkansas at Georgia, Auburn at LSU. That's not going to get it done. Uh, Mississippi State's at Texas A&M. A free shot for Mississippi State there in College Station against what will be, by that time, what should be a top-five team in the Aggies. Uh, but that's prime for college game day and storylines abound for that game. I have a, uh, a colleague that rolled their eyes when I suggested that Ole Miss would have a shot to win that game yesterday. Ole Miss had the ball down a score late in the fourth quarter last year with the second worst defense in SEC football history. You're telling me that that team couldn't beat Alabama? especially after Alabama's replacing one of the best play callers in the game, a first-round quarterback, multiple wide receivers, the guy that was Alabama's leading rusher in program history. You're telling me that they wouldn't have a chance in that game? I think you're crazy. Well, Ole Miss be ranked going into Tuscaloosa if undefeated. Yeah, absolutely. They'll be ranked to start the season. Yep. Yep, they will be ranked to start the season. And uh, definitely, if uh, they're undefeated going into that game, uh, absolutely no doubt. 
they will. And then LSU at Auburn. Hot seat game for Ed Orgeron. There's another one. There's another one. I mean, that's just going to be the theme of that season is, uh, wait, I have my weeks mixed up. That is not, uh, LSU at Auburn is the, the next week. Forgive me. No. Just scratch everything I just said for the last 15 seconds. I can't read my own handwriting. I mean, it's it's really embarrassing. I can't read my own handwriting. So just forget everything that I said. Uh, yes, Auburn and LSU is that same weekend. So just like cut the last 20 seconds of what I just said. All right? Good? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just another hot seat game. And a bit of a measuring stick for Auburn as well. Um, so that's week five. Week six. The de facto SEC West Championship in Week 6, Alabama at Texas A&M. That is the most interesting game that day. That is the only really super compelling game that that day. And I've told you guys before, I'll say it real quickly again, stop sleeping on Texas A&M. Stop sleeping on Texas A&M. They are a playoff contender. They are a legit playoff contender. They should have one of, if not the best, offensive and defensive lines in the SEC combined. Uh, they have a great running game returning. They have an elite-level NFL tight end. That that team, that roster is absolutely loaded. Don't sleep on the Aggies. Don't do it. Um, yeah, they do. They haven't officially announced it yet, Charlie, uh, who their quarterback will be. I don't think it matters, though. I really don't. I think they're so complete everywhere else that that is a playoff contender. Um, and that's your de facto SEC West Championship game right there. In College Station should be an incredible environment. Uh, Playoff implications, de facto SEC West championship. Cannot wait for that game. Week seven, you've got storylines abound with Tennessee and Ole Miss in week seven. Just storylines everywhere, everywhere for that game. Uh, Obviously with Lane Kiffin. Just that that's it's really that simple. Lane Kiffin, the way he left Tennessee, uh, storylines everywhere, everywhere for that game. That weekend. So I don't know how great of a game it's going to be. Honestly, I expect Tennessee to kind of be a dumpster fire. Um, Haynes King, by the way, according to Aaron, the uh, the resident AM fan here, uh, Charlie, will be uh, will be the starter. Blue Ch- I mean, people think the world of that kid, so I don't think it matters. I, I think whoever is the quarterback at Texas AM, they will have an elite level football team because they are complete everywhere else. And not expecting Jimbo Fisher to have really good quarterback play. It's kind of a, a mistake on your part. Uh, I, I will believe that Jimbo won't have decent quarterback play when I see it. People just ragged on Kellen Mond. He wasn't near as bad as the narrative was. Uh, he wasn't great. He wasn't near as bad as the narrative said he was, though. Um, so the storylines in Week 7 with uh, with Tennessee and Ole Miss, that's the weekend Mississippi State gets Alabama after a bye week. After a bye week, and the, the interesting part about that game for Alabama and Mississippi State, so Mississippi State is off before they play Alabama. You love that, right? That's perfect for the Bulldogs. You love it. Alabama's playing Texas A&M the week before. So you've got this huge, tough, massive road game, college game day, all the pomp and circumstance, physical football game, all that stuff while Mississippi State's at home resting, hanging out. And then after that week, they've got to go to Starkville. It's an interesting spot on the schedule. Alabama will still be a favorite, likely double-digit favorite, but there could be a possibility for a hangover, maybe? 
I'm just saying, I'm just saying, the spot on the schedule matters when you're looking at games like this, and Mississippi State has Alabama at the best possible time that you could ask for Alabama. No no doubt uh, about that. So, yeah, Tennessee Ole Miss, though, is the, the storyline game that weekend. Week 8, there's not a whole lot here. A lot of bye weeks in Week 8. South Carolina's at A&M. Tennessee plays Alabama. They'll get beat by 35 that day. Uh, Mississippi State has a uh, – they're going to win, but a must win against Vanderbilt if they want to reach their goals this season. But more on the must win stuff with Mississippi State in a second. Really not a whole lot here. So the only compelling game that weekend in Week 8 is LSU at Old Miss. Just like the Mississippi State game, if Ed Ordron loses to Ole Miss, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, look out for that. So week eight kind of stinks, honestly. A lot of teams off. There's uh, one, two, three, four, five bye weeks that week. And uh, you've got Arkansas Pine Bluff on the schedule that week. Again, State plays Vanderbilt. Not a whole lot there in terms of uh, in terms of good games. So. JP says, yep, I saw Southern Miss play Penn State there on my birthday many moons ago. You nailed it. One of a kind inside the stadium. You wonder what the what the heck's happening outside of the stadium. I saw a uh, – I, I don't know if they were fraternity houses because I didn't see letters. Uh, but it was houses that clearly students lived in. There was a line of them. And opposing teams' fans were walking in front of these houses, just checking out the town or whatever. And these kids were opening beer cans and throwing the full but open beer cans at these people, yelling at them, you know, get out of here, that kind of stuff, and throwing open beer cans at these people because they had not white on. And I thought, you know, for all the the nasty that you get in the SEC, excuse my language, that shit wouldn't fly around here. There's no way. If somebody in the Grove or in the Junction or wherever saw a bunch of kids throwing open full beer cans at people, they would be taken down and held on the ground until the cops came to arrest them. Like, that's what would go down in the SEC. That stuff just doesn't happen. And just watching that and watching nobody do anything about it, almost like it was encouraged, I just I thought it was gross. It was just gross. Um, that wouldn't fly around here. And I, like we've seen, like there's been fights and stuff in the in the junction. You know, there's been fights and and stuff like that. That kind of stuff, though, we would not accept that down here. No shot, zero percent chance that that would be accepted down here at all. Never thought I'd see the day Auburn LSU does nothing for people. That was a guaranteed CBS two thirty kickoff first Saturday in October for years. Yeah, it might still do that this year, but probably not. And you're right, JP. Abbeys were snubbed last year. People do need to wake up. They were snubbed. They should have been in the playoff. <laughs> I agree. Jimbo won't have good quarterback play once he retires. <laughs> Aaron says, admittedly, I have Aggie goggles, but objectively, A&M is, a, is incredibly talented. You are uh, you're exactly right. People are sleeping on them. They shouldn't. They should not. We don't waste beer like that in College Station. That's blasphemy. So Penn State and Auburn has something in common, Ryan says. <laughs> oh, man. And I thought it was gross. And nobody was doing anything about it. I think you can find videos of them doing it on YouTube. Like, it's not something that I saw and it doesn't happen again. I think you can find it. Uh, you know what? I've got a little time. Let's see. 
Found it. So, well, this video sucks, but here, I'll, uh, I'll share it for you. Look at that. Look at that. You think that would fly around here? Look at all these people. Nobody's doing it. They're happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'll never go back. Just I'd never need to be around that again. Never again. Uh, week nine, you've got Florida, Georgia, you know, storylines, whatever. Um Okay, I don't mean to dismiss that game. I, I, you know, it's Florida, Georgia, right? It's a big deal. Um, and Florida got the better hand of them last year. So uh, Kentucky's at Mississippi State. That's a swing game for both of those programs. It's an important game for Mississippi State uh, and an important game for Kentucky as well, although, you know, we don't care about them around here. It's We'll look at it from the Mississippi State angle. That's one of those games that you look at on the schedule where you tell me what they do, and now um, – you tell me what the result of that game is, and I'll tell you what kind of season they have. It's a game that they got to win. So I uh, I circled that one uh, for just for Mississippi State purposes. Nationally, nobody's going to care, with all due respect. But here locally, that's a very important game for Mississippi State and Auburn Ole Miss as well. Uh, it's a winnable game. You're at home. If you're going to match your goals this season, it's a game you got to win. It's a game you got to win. It's going to be tough. Kentucky's going to be tough for Mississippi State. But if you want to meet those goals, you got to win that game. You uh, you just simply got to win that game. So, uh, week ten, Arkansas at Mississippi State, same thing. If you're going to meet your goals this season, you have to win that game. It's really that simple. Uh, you have LSU at Alabama that weekend. If Ed Orgeron hasn't been fired by then, if he has losses to Mississippi State and Ole Miss already on. Um, if he has losses to UCLA, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and then loses to Alabama pretty comfortably, see ya. That'll be done. That will be done. So by then, that might be uh, the nail in the coffin for uh, for Ed Orgeron. And then Ole Miss and Liberty, because of the storylines and nothing else. That game should not be competitive. If it is, that's a problem. Week 11. Week 11. This is the last one I'll do because I, I already, you know, rivalry week that goes without saying, right? Of course. And then week 12 is an embarrassment. <laughs> week 12 is an embarrassment. Uh, Mississippi State out Auburn. That's a really interesting game for both teams. And we'll see what Auburn's like by then. But that uh, that's a game that Auburn fans will feel like that they're supposed to win, that they have to win, that they're better than Mississippi State, all that stuff. And that's a game that State fans, at least to my understanding – have circled on the schedule as a game that they think that they can win. Uh, one of those toss-up games on uh, on there. And William, you're right. Ole Miss is going to drop games until the defense gets better. They will. They'll be able to outscore a lot of people like they did last year. But if you're not getting stops, it just simply does not matter. Um, Ryan, by the way, I saw your email right before I went live. I'll, uh, I'll, I'm not forgetting about you, I promise. Uh, and then Ole Miss at Texas A&M that week. Free shot, really, for uh, for the Rebs that week. 
It's really all that is. At home, they'll be presumably a top five-ish team or so. It's a free shot. It's all that is. It's just a free shot for for you. So those are the games that stood out to me the most. I've got to go, sadly. I've, I've run long. I started late. I've run long. Uh, so I have got to go. So don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you like what you hear, like the video. Actually, physically like the video and uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you so much for tuning in. Those are the games, though. There's a lot of them because it's the SEC and that's what you get. But those are the best games on the schedule for sure uh, this season. So thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I'll be back with you guys on the radio this afternoon, of course. And then uh, on Monday, uh, right here at 8 a.m., talking more football. I'll see you guys then. Have a great week and enjoy yourselves out there. And I'll talk to you Monday. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.